Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaSDoc. I'm Alex Thuma, and I'll be chatting to this week's guest about the challenges and rewards of growing a SaaS company. Before that, I just want to let you know about SaaSDoc Remote, which is our online conference happening on June the 10th and 11th. It's all geared around the three pillars of helping you, our SaaS founders, execs, companies, VCs, adapt, survive, and thrive during these times. Uh, It's a two-day event. We'll have uh, more than 3,000 attendees from across the world joining us, uh, uh, certainly at a time when you can't connect in person. This is a great opportunity to connect with your peers online. We'll have more than 150 speakers, including the likes of David Heinemar Hansen from Basecamp, Bill McKaitis, former CMO at Slack, at Zendesk and Salesforce. David Scott, Thomas Tungus, and more. So everyone who is anyone in SaaS uh, will either be there or be speaking. It'll include a virtual expo floor, networking and engagement, actionable keynotes and panels, interactive workshops and roundtables, matchmaking sessions, and lead generation opportunities for your company. So if you're a founder, exec, investor, or a startup in SaaS, we hope to see you there at SaaS.remote. Use the code SASREVOLUTION to get a discount of 20% off your tickets. They're already pretty cheap, starting at $129. So guaranteed to get much more than 10x uh, ROI. We hope to see you there. Go to sas.com forward slash remote. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show. Uh, Johnny Bufahat, founder and CEO of Hopin. Welcome, Johnny. Thanks a lot, Alex. Happy to be here. Yeah, good to uh, good to see you. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, first time uh, on the show and a, an exciting time uh, as well in in many ways. Uh, obviously, uh, Hopin is uh, uh, is a platform that SaaStock are using for for SaaStock Remote, uh, and, and you guys uh, being a, a, an online uh, events uh, you know platform, it's uh, you know crazy exciting uh, times uh, for you. Despite obviously. Uh, you, you know, uh, 2020 being a, a shit year for most people, um, you, you know, it, it, it is also, there's, there's a lot of uh, excitement coming out of it, a lot of, a lot of opportunities. So um, good to have you on the show to, to discuss this. Before we get into uh, some of the, the, the details, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, who is, who is Johnny Bufahat? Okay, so I am uh, a been a coder since I was a kid. I always used to work on community stuff. Uh, first forum was like a, a WWF forum when I was like 13. I don't know if you guys uh, if you remember the world, world like literally wrestling. So that, I, was, I was a big fan of it when I was a kid. So I created a forum. It was the first time enabling a community of any type. Uh, I went to university to study uh, mechanical engineering here in the UK, but I was uh, traveling a lot because my parents uh, were, was an, like an engineer who went from country to country uh, quite commonly. So moved around a lot, that's why the accents, uh, you know, uh, quite uh, not, not, uh, not that easy to pick out, as some people say. So um, worked, I started working on uh, Hopin about, about two and a half years ago due, due to an illness. I had, I, I started, I, like I said, I was a mechanical engineer that had a coding background. I wanted to do stuff in IoT. I got really, really ill. I mean, uh, right, right after university, uh, in the middle of my first job, I, I had sold, in the, in the meantime, I had, I worked on a business in university that I sold for a tiny bit of money uh, in, my, in my second year. And so I, when I graduated, I, I wanted to see what it was like to work in a full career. I didn't like it, but I got really sick. And um, I guess I'm telling you the story of Hoppin now, but, uh, but I got really, really sick with an autoimmune disease. 
uh, that due to a food poisoning that wouldn't go away, essentially. I had food poisoning that wouldn't go, go away. I took a lot of antibiotics. I don't know how much you're into, Alex, uh, the acute microbiome or pro probiotics or any of that sort of stuff. But basically, uh, my, uh, I, I, um, I, was, I got so ill that I was stuck in the house and I couldn't, it was kind of like, it's, now it's like a full circle. Uh, I couldn't really leave the house. I, was, uh, I wanted to network with people and uh, events are the real way to network with people. Like SaaS stock, events like that. I mean, I still remember even when Hoppin was starting and I, and I did start to get, feel better and I started going out. Like events were where I met, I met the first investor that took a chance on Hoppin. At, a, at an event, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm, it's so important to, to the world that you're not only talking about these conferences, etc. It's like the meetups, you know, the dev meetups is where you get, you know, find people and potentially get a job, whatever it is, you know, the, uh, your community, whether it's a book club or whatever else, it's like what keeps us together, what keeps society together in a way. And so when you're stuck at home all day, and uh, I wanted to network with people. That was genuinely it. I, I was stuck and I said, I want to network. I want to feel like I'm part of a community. I was new in London. I was only here for two years up to then. So I, I really uh, didn't have that sort of a base. And, and so uh, I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to attend these events while I was super ill recovering. And, um, you know, there's, there's webcasts or webinars, but those are like live streams. They're not really like, they're like a, a registration wall on top of a YouTube video. <laughs> that's the way I see them. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why nobody really pays for them because they're not, it's not like an event. Uh, in an event, I want to network and experience and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, LinkedIn is not an event. The Slack communities are not events. They're, they're, they're all async and awkward and for, for they're not, not, not the same as like bumping into someone serendipitously. So uh, what I wanted to create was a platform that allowed people to network. That was like the key thing. Um, and so I built that two years ago uh, a platform that allowed people to network. It looked like a chat roulette for events. It was, it was, I mean, that's the worst way to describe it, but it was uh, just a way for people to speed network and, and, and connect with each other. And it got used for that and, uh, and expanded into uh, what, we, what you see today, Hopin, which is like the first all-in-one event platform that really has a full experiential factor from the stage and you can enable disable to the networking areas, to the sessions, to the expo, uh, and, and multiple other features that, makes it actually feel like an event um, or as close to it or, or in some areas better, some areas worse than something in real life. And, and, and that's been our goal. Was it two years ago that you, you started, the, uh, started the company, the, the initial uh, coding, the initial products, right? And, yeah. and now, uh, so two years later, what, what does the company look like? How, much, uh, how many people are at Hopin? Um, how much have you raised? Uh, I guess I used to ask uh, people, are you remote or, you, you know, uh, do, you, do you have an office? So everyone's remote. What, what, what data can you share about Hopin sort of right now? Sure. So uh, Hopin was, uh, so two years ago, I started coding it. Um, in November, we started a very, very, very private beta that was incredibly viral. Uh, we said, you know, I told investors in the first, in that, around that time that Hopin's going to be the fastest growing company in the world. Uh, there's such a demand for an online event. There, there's, you know, and there's, there's like fake online event, there's real one. There's no real online events, uh, high quality, like we talked about. Uh, but the, um, the, the goal, uh, so in November, we weren't going to push out. Uh, we were just a team of eight developers. We raised some money uh, from Axel Ventures and Northstone and a few other great, uh, great angel investors, et cetera, uh, including Web Summit. And so we, uh, we, 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 um, 
we were just working on the product. And the idea was September, November, we were going to build out a team and we were going to push out. Now, what happened was COVID-19 kind of happened. And so we were like, okay, there's going to be so many people moving to online events in about March. And I'm like, they're either going to use uh, a webinar software or Zoom or whatever else. And they're going to say, wow, webinars were not a great, I mean, uh, live, uh, live, online events were not a great experience. So immediately after in November, probably everyone's goal would have been, or whenever this ends, people would be thinking, yeah, we tried it, wasn't great. Uh, let's go back to physical completely. And uh, we were very worried that that was going to happen. So even though the product's been 80% ready, to be honest, and the team wasn't ready, we decided to kind of let people in a little bit. So we, we're on a wait list now. We're still, obviously the wait list is gigantic and uh, but we're, we're starting to let people in as quick as we can hire. We're now at 50 people. Uh, two months ago, we were eight, like I said. Uh, we're expanding out to, we're probably going to be 100 in the next two months. Uh, and, you know, I can't tell you where we'll be at the end of the year. Uh, but the, the goal was to, uh, so, so, so the goal was to onboard and make sure people have a great experience with online events. And I don't think, by the way, this is the end of uh, virtual events. I know this is what you asked, but I, I'm making it sound. I actually think uh, the future is hybrid. I, I think the future is hybrid and online. I, I, I think that after this, uh, there'll be a lot of that. But yeah, uh, we, that's the company till now. Uh, and we are um, expanding unbelievably. And we're running events for, I would say, most of the, you know, most of the amazing events uh, across the world, like really. Uh, we couldn't be happier to be running SaaS stock remote, to be honest. Yeah, no, and we're, 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 we're excited, uh, you, you know, to partner with you guys and, and use the platform. And so do you think, I mean, I, I don't know if this is a pointless question, but because obviously COVID-19 did, did happen, right? But obviously you, you came out of beta kind of earlier uh, and with this global pandemic, with nobody being able to do in-person events, like even, even SaaS stock, right? When we... Um, I think I shared this story with you, but you, you know, kind of like last year, uh, Luciano Lisandro, um, you know, dropped me an email and said, look, you know, we're looking at, you know, uh, hop in. What do you think? Would you use it, etc.? And like, I was pretty excited by, you know, what I saw, and I and I said, well, look, um, if it does what it says it can do, you know, because I didn't have a demo, I was looking just looking at the website, right? But if it does that, uh, then it looks like you know the, the there's a new product here for us right and i i shared it with the team kind of excitedly um and we're like oh yeah it looks great and probably because i shared it on slack or we didn't you know have a proper conversation and then it was just one of those things that just sort of just went kind of on the shelf but like for us the necessity backs up against the wall like pivoting to online you, you know we, we we came to you guys right but do you think uh, or do you ever think like well if covid 19 hadn't happened we would be where we are now in, you know, two years, or would it have happened in 2020 anyway? Do you think? Well, I can I can only be uh, honest about what our plans were for business plans. Hmm. My prediction for the market was that 40%. So let's split out the market. So let's say the events market is gigantic. You have the trade shows, the expos, etc., the big conferences. I didn't think they were going to move online this year. None of them. I mean, I, I thought like one percent. But then you have like the companies and the, and the companies who run their conferences like Drift, like we mentioned, like, like uh, Netlify, uh, like, you know, companies that run conferences or workshops where events is not their business, it's something they do for their, for, for their business in a way. It's like a, a, a big, I, I, I believe they were going to move this quickly. If there was a product out there, they were going to move because, you know, it's more cost effective for them. 
the tickets weren't their primary, uh, like it wasn't important for them, sponsors, less important type of thing. So I believe that they were gonna be, so our goal was to onboard all the communities, all, all of those sort of things that cared about accessibility, cared about, um, you know, uh, have a carbon footprint difference or even greater than that, they, 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 they were already online and it just made sense for them because they're already global sort of thing. We thought they were gonna move very quickly. So we expect it to be incredibly viral there and move. Now with, with bigger trade shows, expos or, or events businesses or people that are like their business is events. We thought um, our goal and still is our goal, uh, even when at, at the end of this, is I still think there needs to be physical events. It's like Zoom meetings. Like in my opinion, uh, meetings are, online meetings are great. It provides this like uh, experience, but like getting a coffee or a beer with a colleague is, that's fantastic. You know what I mean? Uh, th there's a different feeling to it. And so um, that still needs to happen and events I think still need to happen. What I suspected what was gonna happen, my business plan was to kind of come in and say, hey, you run this event for a thousand people or 10,000 people. Like, um, let's do kind of what we did with uh, what happened with TV shows back in the day, where, uh, you know, it used to be if you're running a comedy show, the amount of money you made was based on or, the, or the, great, the key experience was like, how many people can you get through the door for the comedy show? So that's where you made all your money. And then like, that's like 100 years ago or whatever. I don't know. But uh, and then they and then it started becoming like, OK, the, the gate revenue isn't as important as the TV revenue. So the real money is on Netflix. The real money is on et cetera. And our goal, my goal was to kind of come in and say to the physical events, the same thing. It's like you get 10,000 people at your event, but there's like 100,000 people online that maybe it's not the same price ticket, but they want to interact. They are, they're part of your community. You can collect their registration. These guys can even funnel into your physical event. So, uh, you know, I, I thought they were going to live side by side. And that was my business plan or, or our business plan as Hoffman was like, okay, we're going to have this incredibly viral side, but how are we going to, you know, we're going to live side by side. We're going to say, let's, let us hybridize your event. You'll make tons more money. You'll be a lot happier because you'll have a bigger community and uh, it'll be more accessible. And there might be like a 10% cannibalization, but you're in the end, you're making like two X, three X as much money and have four X as big a community. So why, why would you care? When I introduce you as, as founder, so the, the co part was missing there, uh, but do you have co-founders or, uh, or are you a solo founder? I'm a solo founder. Yeah. And, and what did, uh, like, obviously, normally the, um, uh, the, the sort of common advice that you see from investors is like, find a co-founder, you know, it's a difficult journey, you don't want to do it on your own. Uh, what conversations did you have with the investors around that time? Because as you mentioned, you've got some great investors, Axel, Northzone, etc. Did they have any concerns about you building this on your own? Uh, I guess part first question and uh, what is the reason that you're a, you're, you're a solo founder? Was it to do related to like, you know, being sick, being at home that you just didn't have that, uh, that, that second person you did all the coding and then you're better ready to go. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I was definitely more of a, a coder uh, or I was already a, a coder. So I felt like I could code the MVP of the platform. And I had been doing that because it was part of my recovery. I, so I spent like two and a half years recovering and I, 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 from the illness and now I'm, I'm, I'm completely, let's say in remission, I'm obviously strict on my diet, whatever, but uh, I still have the disease, but I'm completely in remission. I live normally, but the, the, I, I spent a lot of time like having that free time and wanting to code and wanting to build things. And it was just a great experience for, for me to do that. And so by the time I actually went to VC, we already had like, I could show them like, I, you know, I know the typical thing is you need a co-founder or whatever. It's like, 
we had all this data about like, this is a viral product, people are using it, it's great. Like, uh, it was almost black and white. And I, I would say if, if there's anyone on like, VC is an interesting topic. Uh, I think, um, especially now there's so much money in the market. If you build an MVP, you're gonna get money. Uh, there's no, there's no, no way that if you, if you built the product, even if you, and there's so much good talent across the world now that it doesn't, you don't need to give someone half, 50% of your company. You can figure out a way to get like, to collect $10,000 and you could outsource uh, a, bit, a business somewhere else in the world. Uh, sorry, an, an engineering business uh, like, um, uh, like, like a company to kind of build out the MVP with you for very, very little amount of money compared to what it used to cost. Development costs are much lower. Yeah. Hiring 50 people in a short space of time and 100 by the end of the year how has that been for you in terms of like, do you find that as, you know, quite a burden? Have you got a system in place? You know, are the investors your, your kind of support? Um, what, what are your thoughts around kind of this hyper growth uh, uh, as a solo founder? I mean, uh, I, we, have, I have a, we have an amazing team uh, and we're all handling, but again, hyper growth is, is it's, it is one of the situations like I, 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 used to not a matter it, it does look like i mean when you're going through hyper growth each minute of the day becomes something that's worth a little bit of your time so uh if you have an extra two hours that's an extra like 10 emails you can get through that's possibly another person you could source who could join the business next week like that's that's the sort of time imperative so time becomes important and so like when i used to hear about founders like sleeping in the office type of thing and i used to go like come on like you know what i mean what what do you why would you sleep i mean it really ends up being like that you end up just feeling guilty if you're because there's too many things to do that you just if it, or else the business will completely fall flat on its face so we've 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 got to scale the product scale the engineering team you know um make sure customers are happy uh you know hundreds of things that you would usually have a year to do and figure out or, or at least two years uh or three years typically actually between rounds it's two years one and a half year we're doing like every in a new month it's like new stage of the business. Like we're going to be a hundred people and probably by the end of the year, 250. And then, you know, the goal is 500 by, I mean, we, we, we plan to be uh, that sort of pace. Uh, and, uh, and so it has been, uh, it's been like lack, like less sleep, but a lot of fun as well. A lot of excitement and, and, uh, and, and work. How are you going about building the team then in, in this from eight people a uh, couple of months ago to, to 50 now? What is your kind of process where you identifying what roles to hire and build that team to support you with your growth uh, in, in this kind of early stage, but very fast growth? We, like I said, we skipped a, a few steps. So now, uh, you know, we have, I mean, one great thing that you get from investors is they, they've seen hyper growth, uh, maybe not the same scale as Hopin. I think this is like probably one of the rarest situations for any startup, uh, but uh, um, we, we, you know, we are now getting connected with lots of people that like, you know, uh, were maybe at Dropbox or a company where they saw this and they know how to like, they have, they have their learnings. So we can skip a few mistakes that we're supposed to make to do that. So the goal now, I would say now that we've been 50 people, actually my goal last two weeks has been, where, what does the executive team look like? Who are the people that we're hiring? Who's seen this hyper, hyper scale, whether it's like someone at Facebook or someone else, and now, you know, in the next two weeks, three weeks, uh, we're going to be hiring uh, some really great executive talent who have seen that sort of thing and can sort of 
set up those processes because they've seen it before. And instead of doing it in one year or six months, like they did it pre uh, previously, you know, it's like, Hey, you got to do this in a month type thing or a month and a half. And where, so, where are you, where are you finding this? Are you just advertising on the Hopin website? Are you getting referrals of the investors providing you with candidates? Have you got somebody full-time recruiting? Where's the talent coming from? So the recruitment, uh, of, so it depends on if you're talking about the executive talent here or the, or, 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 just uh, m most of the key, key people on the team today. So all the key people today on the team are coming usually through recruiters, but we have this system in-house, which we, we, it's just been greatly scalable because when you're hiring, is we literally tell every single person on the team, hey, you need to tell us the three best people you've worked with. Like if, we, if, if obviously they go past and we're happy with that person, we tell them like the three best people you work with, regardless of what position, and you need to contact them. And, and uh, we'll, we'll do the pitching. Like I'll do the pitching to tell them why they need to leave their job. But, uh, you know, contact them, tell them about Hopin and say, and we, I would say 50 to 75% of the hires that we've been able to bring in quickly and quickly start already. Because otherwise it takes them too long to focus. If there's like a culture clash or maybe they have, are used to something different. It's like people are going to recommend the people they think are going to be able to succeed. And they know they're on the line. So they put in a bit of extra, uh, extra effort to get them fit in and all that sort of stuff. So it's worked really, really well. And the executive talent, it's uh, excitement. You know, VC is a small world. I, I didn't realize how small a world it was until like, you know, by the time you've, you're working on a round, everyone apparently knows the numbers like in a minute, you know? <laughs> so so uh, people, uh, you know, same with all the people in the recruitment networks that they're continually, continually pinging. So we've just had tons of great inbound and also a lot of the VCs have introduced us and ones that want to invest in Hopin now they'll be like, oh, like, you know, start a good relationship. Let me introduce you to some great people. Like, so they, at some point they can say, look, we we're the ones who connected you with X or Y. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff uh, going on. And so that's where most, I would say that's where 90% of the talent uh, that we're meeting in executive level is coming from. Sure, jumping away from people, but uh, back to kind of like online uh, conferences uh, uh, and, and it, the subject versus in-person. Um, what, what are the key benefits for you? Where do you see that online can triumph over in-person? Obviously, you said, we talked about, you spoke about, you, you know, you see a vision, it will be hybrid in the future. I think we, we kind of share that vision as well. We, we certainly intend to, you know, it was a shame this year that we couldn't do SAS.20 in Dublin. I mean, we thought it would just be too risky and, and too unsafe for our customers and like with all the planning that it needs to be a great event. So it's currently, you know, October 2021 is when that's coming back in person and we want to do that. But we will now be doing a lot more kind of online, I think, you know, because of the way that we've seen how the world has changed and, and actually the great tech uh, that we have. But for you, as somebody that's built this platform, you know, what do you think is where online is going to be better, uh, you know, versus uh, in person? I, I like to say that the argument would be similar to meetings. Um, I think highly experiential events, uh, will be better in person. You know, if you're, if you're going to something where you're, there's like a face painting in your usual event, you know, uh, I think the online experience won't be just as good. I don't know if it ever will be, even if VR is included. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like VR, but I don't know if it's going to go uh, deep into events. As a different, I mean, maybe, maybe. Anyways, off topic, but I think that uh, um, for, I think, Majority, I, I think that the community building, the email list generation, the potentially revenue 
I think is going to be better online than physical, but I think the physical, uh, again, it's going to be like the, um, the physical events are going to be like what kind of makes the deep connection and builds like, it's like a high quality brand and it does, you know, it probably will be a good, uh, commercial, a uh, good commercially as well. But I, I, I do see them completely side by side. Uh, it, what's better online is the accessibility. You get 10, like I said, you get 10 times many people can come. So I, I, I see that's, sponsorship revenue. I mean, I'm just talking about a conference uh, that's, let's say, looking to make money uh, and is not doing it for a workshop or whatever else. But I'd say for conferences online, you're going to get your, you may make more money from sponsorship, uh, less money from, um, less money from the ticket sales. Maybe, maybe if you increase the amount of people coming and you have a big enough community, it might, it might be you know, both are better online. But I, I, I think, it's going to be a, a vast mix. And I think every year, um, hopefully, I, I think, and, and what's likely, I don't want to say hopefully, because actually it's not, but I think that what's going to happen is the physical events will get smaller, but more valuable. It'll be like the, you know, so, you, you know, and, and, for, for example, a, a conference, you, you might have only the real, uh, the real, the, the, you won't have as many bystanders as you do as a real event. Kind of like, kind of like I'm just, popping in to check out this event. I'm going to pay like 199 and go check it out. It's going to be like more of like the investors that like really need to meet those startups face to face to get the relationship or the startups that really want to pitch to investors. And uh, I'm just naming examples and uh, that, that sort of stuff um, where the rest, the kind of people who are like kind of bought in and just like, Oh, you know what? I might do a startup might not. They're going to be attending these online events and you're just going to be nurturing them until they're ready to come into the big physical events. If that makes sense. I, I, that's, I think it's going to live side by side, but very much similar to meetings on online meetings. It's like, you know, our online meetings are great, but you're, you know, and you can seal a deal on it. But if the, if a contract's worth over a certain value to you, you're probably still going to go and meet that person and, and meet them in person. You know? So I, I think it, it's going to definitely live side by side for a long, long, long time. We've seen um, obviously a, a number of, SaaS companies, a number of uh, industries that have actually benefited uh, in some way from, uh, you, you know, COVID. Uh, I, I guess like Zoom, you know, uh, an example, right? Uh, for the, uh, I don't know what their valuation is today, but, um, you, you know, I think they, whatever, it's kind of 10x or 50x it since, you know, you know uh, since December. Uh, and similarly, um, you, you know, hop in, um, you know, have experienced this great growth this year, perhaps that you would have faced, uh, you know, anyway. Um, I'm also get like um, specific to, to to Zoom. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of events, online events, that are using using Zoom. Uh, I guess it's kind of got good uh, like stability, you know, video quality, security, etc. Um, but effectively, you know, in, in my mind, you know, it is a meeting tool, right? And it's not a, it's not a conference tool. Um, what are your thoughts of uh, because some events are are using you know Zoom. Uh, you know, for, for their uh, online events and large scale online events. What are your thoughts of that, you know, versus uh, a, a hop in, for example? A lot to say there, uh, but uh, some, some negative. So I don't want to, I don't want to sound brash about it. So I'll say, um, I th I'd say it's a probably lack of, uh, I mean, we have a wait list, so I can't tell you if they've had a demo. If, if you told me they had a demo with hop in and then they went to zoom and they're running an actual event. I, I wouldn't understand why they would. I mean, you're, it's essentially a webinar. It's a YouTube live. It makes sense in the scenario where networking isn't important to, important to you at all. And uh, the only thing that's important is kind of like uh, 
like uh, the getting content out. So maybe a course, maybe some sort of like course, uh, it could make sense. Uh, but it really, uh, you know, Zoom is definitely not for events. And, and, uh, and uh, I think, I, I do think it devalues the brand of virtual events when people attend those. You see, you know, I see tweets all the time. If you follow Hopin, you can see all the tweets for people that attend the event that's hosted on Hopin saying how great the networking was, how much they enjoyed it, how some people will say it was better experience than what they attend physically sometimes. But if then on the other time, you can see people are like, oh, I just attended a Zoom event or an event that was like a webinar. It's like, oh, it's nowhere near the same as a physical event. I, I can't wait to go back to physical events. I think, uh, I think that's really what it, what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I mean, sharing my experience, uh, I mean, I've attended uh, more, more online events than I ever had in my uh, entire life in the last sort of few months, right? Uh, and again, partly, obviously, because I, I want to learn more about the space. And uh, obviously, we, well, I would say have a bit more time, uh, uh, arguably, uh, I, I also don't, but um, trying to get some experience around that and, and sort of learnings. And uh, I've attended on uh, many different platforms. Um, and I went on one event sort of yesterday, which was using Zoom and, and you know, yeah, high quality conversations, but I was on there for 10 seconds because when I saw, again, it's just two people speaking, I couldn't see who was participating. I couldn't do any networking. I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm really not necessarily interested in the content. So I, I'm off. Right. Um, uh, and again, uh, you know, maybe it, it sounds obviously a bit biased, but obviously because we've been using Hopin and we've run all these SaaS stock sessions on, on Hopin and been getting, you, you know, our, uh, our experience and our hands kind of on, on the tool. The, I think the main thing for, for us uh, and uh, the key takeaway from every event we've done is the networking every time. And like I've been participating in the networking uh, and just meeting, you, you know, uh, attendees and random folks from across the world. Um, and some of the, you know, some of the, the stuff that we, we've spoken about, you know, really kind of stuck with me and resonated in terms of how powerful networking online can be. Um, like the first time we did it, I connected with uh, like a founder who was like, I think he was in Canada uh, and he'd been in lockdown for like, you know, 50 days. And he just said, look, I'm just dying to talk to people, dying to connect to people, right? Uh, with my peers, my founders, and I go to events and that's how I you, you know, that's how I meet and how I learn. And, you know, I can't do it. But, you know, thank you so much for putting on this event where you've got this really cool tool where I can connect, you know, in this way. Um, and, and each time that I've connected, like, I'm always getting the overwhelming feedback is about the networking. So, uh, again, I think obviously this is where you've come from, from the, you know, the chat roulette kind of like, uh, um, uh, you know, product, which has now evolved to be this all in one conference platform. Uh, but it does seem like, you, you know, the networking is the big thing, the big problem that we're solving right now. Um, and again, I think some of these other platforms, they're just kind of not, not built uh, for that. So uh, I'm very excited about that. Why, why randomized sort of networking um, sort of at, at the moment? I mean, it works really well, right? And you, you're kind of forced almost to, you've got that excitement in terms of the experience, right? First of all, you don't know who you're going to meet. So you're quite excited. Who am I going to meet? then you, you either you meet somebody that you know and it's like you, everybody starts smiling and laughing or you just meet somebody you don't know and then you learn something new about a new person and you have a conversation in a short space, uh, space of time. Why did you go for this kind of randomized style sort of networking? Um, I mean, it, it, it worked, but what was the thoughts around that? Uh, serendipity. So often when you attend an event, there's no, you're not like, you don't have these special uh, Google glasses, which I thought that was going to be the future world where it's like, oh, 
you know, Alex, uh, I could see Alex and I'm going to pick him out and I'm going <laughs> to go and speak with him in a way you're kind of just like bumping into someone having a conversation and, and that's how it starts. And that's where you get that kind of like buzz. Um, and so you still can do that on Hop and like the, oh, I tried to reach out to Alex and see if he could uh, respond. But the key thing was like the serendipity. We, wanna, we want some of that serendipity. And so, uh, but networking is unfinished on Hopin. I think we're doing it a good. I think it's good. It's much better than anything that's available. And, uh, but it's our goal. Like we're, 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 we're like, that's what our, our problem that we're trying to solve is, is networking online and connecting people. That's why even in the sessions, it's so interactive. You can, you know, look who's talking, look who's uh, even watching and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, well, uh, that, that's our, that's our goal is to make sure that if I'm attending a bunch an event with a bunch of people, uh, I'm not just like watching like silently at home. Like, no, we're watching it together and I can reach out to you and potentially, you know, we can have a conversation. So that, that was the goal for the networking and it's still, and, and we're only like, we're, I'd say 20% of where we want it to be. So far, it's been super useful, uh, especially in these times. Again, like whilst people can't connect in person, it's been uh, perhaps the most powerful feature uh, you know, of the platform. So obviously, SASOP Remote is, is coming up in, in, in two weeks' time. Uh, and obviously, the big reason why we, 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 we connected and our, our first uh, you know, conference on, on Hopping. So very excited uh, for that. You'll also be speaking, uh, you know, at, uh, at the conference. Do you know what you'll be talking about? Uh, yep. I don't know. I'm, I thought about it so many times. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be speaking at an event on Hopin and I don't want to be talking too positively about Hopin on it. <laughs> so I'm like, can I talk about a completely different topic? <laughs> yeah, I've had, I have a few ideas, but a hundred percent, not, not sure yet. Okay, cool. No, no, that, 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 that's fine. Put you on the spot there, but look, we're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to running the, uh, uh, the conference on, on Hopin and, uh, and a future of uh, a hybrid future for, for SASDOC, um, you know, through we're, we're 100% online in, in 2020. Um, and, but in 2021, we plan to, you know, come back in a, in a, in a hybrid way. Um, fi final question uh, before we let you go is we always ask our guests, how do they stay healthy and sane, uh, you know, on their journey? So, uh, yeah, what's your way? For, are you talking about for, for uh, founders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, happy and healthy. And uh, just always look at the long-term goal and take every step uh, day by day. Otherwise, you know, you can uh, go and just, I mean, yeah, it's like following the, what are they called, the Northern Star or something like that. So, like, you just uh, kind of look at the big picture all the time. And so, because uh, you're going to have really, really shitty days uh, and then there'll be really good days. And although you want to celebrate the good days, keep in mind why you're celebrating it, uh, what it does uh, for the big path. And you kind of always stay level. Great place to, to end. Uh, Johnny Bufferhat, founder CEO of Hopin. It's been a, a pleasure to, to speak to you and have you on the uh, show. I really, really appreciate you having me on the show, Alex. I'm so looking forward to the event and I look forward to attending the hybrid event, hopefully in person and online at the same time next year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll look at that. Thanks so much, Johnny. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash remote for SaaS Remote, our online conference, which is coming up on June the 10th and 11th. Use code SASREVOLUTION to get 20% off your already cheap tickets and join SaaS founders from across the world for this two-day event. Uh, you know, I am biased, but it looks like the best conference happening in June online and yeah hopefully we'll see you there